It's a cold open. Pretty cold. It's chilly out. It's winter. It's not that cold in here, though. Decade is done. Yeah. Ten years have gone by. Ten long, long years. Our entire 20s. Well, not entire 20s. Most experienced, of them. The large majority of it experienced during the aught tens. Is that what you would call it? I'm waiting for someone to say what we're supposed to call this decade as they so artfully called the first decade of this millennium the aughts. Yeah. People weren't saying that I, I when it was this happening. Is like the aughts part two. There we go. Or maybe that this whole 20 years is the aughts. Really? Why not? All right. We're counting down the aughts part two. 20 years, 12, 10 years, 20 albums. 10 favorite records of the last decade. As you'll see, it's not one for each year. It's just one, two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten records. Doesn't matter what year. Ten records each. You could have picked all of them from 2019. You could have just, if you were lazy, you could have recycled <laughs> your best of 2019 list, list. And no, I think we discovered that that some years were amazing musically, and and some years just sucked. Yeah, some we both didn't have sucked. anything from 2012. We said, yeah, that was a terrible year in music. I guess I almost did, but well, what was your 2012 almost? Let's uh, let's talk about off mic. I don't want them to get upset. <laughs> this really important, you know, podcast. <laughs> you just miss a cut. But oh no, that's a good question. Who who was your first miss? Who is your who is your last cut? I wanted to put in "Screaming Females Ugly" from 2012 somewhere because when I first saw them live, it was such a great performance and live show experience. And since that first time I saw them around that time, early in this decade, I've seen them countless other times on different con- in different countries, too. So I, I kind of wanted to, but... Which countries, Tom? United Kingdom and Canada. Nice. Montreal and London. Remember so. when we saw them at the original Brooklyn Bazaar like six or seven years ago? Yeah. That was great. They were sick. That was a great show. Yeah, I've seen them a lot of times, so (laughs) they're awesome. But I went with, for my number 10, Days by Real Estate. Real Estate, such an important band for me during this time in my life. New Jersey band. New Jersey band coming out of college in 2009, around the same time they did. A lot of the things that they write about are coming back into suburban setting and dealing with things like that. I also really liked their friendship that came into them writing and recording music as real estate. They were childhood friends, grew up, formed a band, and I just felt like I really relate to this record. Very emblematic of that chill wave sound of the late aughts early 2010s were they from near where you grew up yeah they're from ridgewood new jersey okay yeah that's like what 15 minutes from where you grew up maybe like 30 okay but yeah i picked 
Out of Tune. Great song that That's was originally released as a single before Days was released in the year 2011 of Our Lord. My number 10 <laughs> album. Wait, do you like real estate? Yeah, they're great. I love that album. I haven't really kept up with them past that one, though. That's a great album, though. I love Days. They put out Atlas and then In Mind. And I think they're putting out another record in 2020. So maybe we'll revisit it in 10 years for the best of the 2020s podcast. Could be. Could be. What was your number 10? Mine is also a 2011 album. Oh, what the fuck, copycat, dude? You know, Except we didn't up. share this fuck with you. each other. Fuck you. Before- <laughs> 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 no, my, mine is uh, Smoke Ring for My Hello by Kurt Vile. And I had a similar experience with this album that you had with Days because um, I, I moved home after like a brief stint in New York. I ran out of money, then I had to move home. And I, I just bought a new computer, and this was way before streaming. And for some reason, this was the only album that I had on my new computer. So I, I had this kind of half-assed work-from-home job, and I was just sitting at my parents' house um, listening to this over and over again while sending out a bunch of emails. And I love this album. Got me through kind of a weird time. Uh, this song is called Runner Ups. I'm not sure if that's the right pluralization of that i think it might be runners up but i'm not gonna quibble here we'll send him a letter okay. or if you're listening Curvile, when you play white eagle hall with kate laban in april we'll probably come up to you and tell you about that but smoke ring for my what halo asshole one of us would have to be to do that i don't know <laughs> i don't know we wouldn't do that actually no i probably wouldn't do that I, I guess if I was just like hanging out with him and, and it came up, maybe, but I, I wouldn't approach him just to say that. Yeah. This is his breakthrough record, too. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think um, it caught him at a really good moment. It, it retained some of the, the weirdness and experimentation and kind of like hazy, odd dudeness of his earlier stuff. But before it went into like, the super chill guy, like laid back guy of his later albums. Yeah, this is also not as clean sounding as no, his it's later definitely records. not. It's definitely not, and, and I I prefer it that way. Interesting take from Zach Romano. These are our Thanks. number ten records of the decade: Real Estate Days with the song Out of Tune, Kurt Vile Smoke Ring for My Halo with the song. Runner ups.
troubles, man. When he's looking dark, punch the future in the face. Instead of standing up, running around. The sharpest tool in school, don't even know what's up. Real Estate and Kurt Vile coming in at number 10. Great Real Estate songs. Days, Kurt Vile, smoke ring from my head low. Cool. Yeah. Number nine coming up right now. What you got? Wow. Can't believe it turned out like this. What? Like what? It's just, like what, Thomas? It's just interesting because this also happened during the best of 2018 list. I can't remember if it was at the exact same numeric order, but... I think it might have been lined up like this, where it wasn't, like, the same number, but we still ended up playing uh, two songs by him in a row. Yeah, it was definitely that. Something like that. But I don't know if it was ten and nine. But anyway, my number nine is Waking on a Pretty Day's Kurt Vile. And I picked the song Air Bud. It's kind of an epic song that I liked jamming out to that summer and summers since then, to be honest. Summers in the future, most likely. Kurt Vile's been one of my favorite artists this decade, for sure. I love seeing him live. He really knows how to shred. And the guy can write a really catchy, wonderful hook. Great musician. We enjoyed him I over the past 10 years. He's an underrated lyricist, too. Yeah, I mean, when, when you're saying anything in that, in that Philly accent, it's, it's bound, to be, bound to be a little underrated. You can hear his Neil Young influences in his voice and guitar playing. Lyrics are great. Music is great. Look at my records. Loves Kurt Vile. I remember the summer that this came out. I went... To the beach with friends and right before the song on this record that starts with bought a ticket from the tin man you know that song <laughs> yes i sang it before he did i was accidentally saying it i guess 10 seconds too early and everyone erupted in laughter when he said it then so we're not going to hear that song a, a classic Bought a Classic ticket moment. from the Tin Man. Good song. We're going to hear Air Bud, though. Yeah. Oh, man. And my number nine is a 2018 album that, strangely, was not on my best of 2018 list. So what happened? You figured out you really liked it? Well, sort of. I, I, wasn't, um, I, I wasn't aware of it in, until this year, but I just listened to it a lot this year. 
Um, and it really grew on me. I think it's it's a fantastic album by an artist that I'm really going to look forward to following over the next decade. Um, What's the album? Don't keep us waiting anymore, <laughs> dude. The album is called Stranger in the Alps, which is a wonderful Big Lebowski reference by um, Phoebe Bridgers. And the song is called Scott Street. Is it definitely a Big Lebowski reference? Yeah. And since we can curse on the podcast, I will explain what it is. Um, when, uh, when Walter Sobchak is wrecking a car uh, with, uh, with a golf club, I think it's a golf club, he's yelling, This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass! Um, but on the, the, the TV cuts, they couldn't obviously say, Fuck a stranger in the ass. So they had Walter Sobchak say, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, that, that's, been a, that's been a joke forever. Yeah. And she took that for her album title, which is, I mean, like, makes me inclined to like it from the very start. But um, the, the album itself is also fantastic. Remember the guy that was getting, the guy whose car was getting destroyed was like in a breathing tube thing and his son's name was larry sellers <laughs> remember they're interrogating him he's like <laughs> yes that's <laughs> such a good movie yeah it's a great film thanks cohen brothers for that film yeah, great great film great album <laughs> yeah and these are our number nines Yeah. 
Second time we heard Kurt Vile today. First time we heard Phoebe Bridgers. Fuck. Wonderful here again. Spoiler. No. But <laughs> it was nice to hear her that one time. Yeah, well, I mean, Kurt Vile's the only repeat, I think. Yeah. I'm ruining it for everyone, but that's the tr- that's a god honest truth. Yeah. We heard Airbud by Kurt Vile off of Waken on a Pretty Days, which was released on Matador Records in t- the year 2013. And Scott Street by Phoebe Bridgers off of Stranger in the Alps. 2018 album. 2018 album released on Dead Oceans. Interesting, right? And let's keep moving. You know, the decade was long, but this podcast doesn't need to be as long as the decade. It's still going to be pretty long. The last one was two hours, but that's okay. Two wonderful hours. Number eights, we have the Beths, Happy Unhappy from Future Me Hates Me. This New Zealand band just bursted onto the scene in 2018 in a big way with a truly infectious sound. A real such, knack for melody. Yeah, such great hooks. I love this. Great album. hooks, a real knack for melody. This is out on Car Park Records. Car Park Records also reissued their first EP as well called Warm Blood. No releases from the Beths in 2019, but they had a pretty busy 2018. Yeah, they, toured they were touring the world. pretty much constantly. Are I they think coming back here next year, do you know? Probably. I have to assume so. Yeah, I'd see them if they did. We the, saw them once. They were great. They're an it band. They went from playing Alphaville is not the headlining act to headlining Music Hall of Williamsburg, where we saw them yes. in a matter of six months. That Yeah, that's pretty crazy, isn't it? The hype machine really picked up on them. And how could they not? And they rode it into the sunsets of New Zealand, because they're from New Zealand. They are. They are. Great so good, band. Good for the bats. Looking forward good to for hearing the and seeing what they do in the next decade and beyond. Yeah, the um, that album was just so consistently energetic and hooky. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do in the future. Me too. We're going to hear Happy Unhappy, the backbone song of the album, I'd say. I mean, all, all of those songs are good. I, I, I love them all. Me too. Uh, that did not make my top ten, though. It was, it was pretty close. It was an early. It was a one of the first cut. Yeah, I feel like if we could expand it to twenty or even thirty, I bet we'd have more overlap, probably. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so my number eight is actually not an album at all. What? It's an EP. Oh, good thing there are no rules. Your podcast, you no set the rules. rules, and I there are none. <laughs> That's the first rule. There are none. Uh, this is the EP is called Broken Dreams Club. It's a 2011 release by Girls. Uh, Girls was a really great early whatever we're calling this decade's band. Um, they released an album called Album in 2009. Then um, this EP in 2011, which was followed by another album in, I think, 2012. And I, this, this EP is a half hour long, so I, I think 
it counts as an album. I think it does. Too. Yeah, like a, a lot of the a lot of the albums that are being released now are about half an hour, and so so is this one. Um, I, I think this really caught them in a good point between the kind of rawness and roughness of their first album and their second and last album, which I thought maybe was a bit overproduced. But for the EP for uh, Broken Dreams Club, they smoothed out a lot of the rough edges while um, re- retaining their distinctive sounds without all of these flourishes that may or may not have needed to be there. And I, th- I think they're one of the defining bands of what was probably the the pinnacle of this whole like indie thing before like the whole pop optimist thing happened. Yeah, they were one of the really it bands of yeah. our very late college for me because I graduated college in 2009 but right at that turn of the decade yeah when, when this everybody kind was of talking was, about was this peaking and, and like when when guitar band like before guitar bands were kind of like uh pitchfork best 20 guitar albums before like they they got shunted aside with like the the metal albums and the ambient albums and i I, this band had a a big spot in that this song is called heartbreaker it is my personal favorite song on the ep but they're all great uh enjoy they're great ep great band christopher owens yeah christopher owens and J.R. White, let us not forget him. Yeah, Christopher Owens went on to do some solo stuff. That's, and then he has uh, a new iffy. band. Have you listen to it? No, not really. Yeah, you're not missing that much. I was listening to his new band, Curls. They almost came to play at Sunnyvale last year, but I think they canceled for some reason. Yeah. I think that's a, that's the name of a girl's track. Yeah. Did you know he got annoyed that Lena Dunham named her show Girls? That wrecked his SEO. <laughs> that wrecked his SEO. He's quoted because as being like, "It's just like not even paying attention to like the fact that we're called girls." I mean, stuff. he clearly picked that name so it would come up first when people searched for girls in in Google, and then Lena Dunham wrecked that <sighs> by, I, by naming her show that. For the record, I like Girls the band more than Girls the HBO television show. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. That show gets a yeah, lot of vitriol. I, I didn't, I didn't it, hate it either. But didn't hate it. I kind of lost track towards the end. Yeah, I, I stopped watching. Yeah, me too. Like for the for the last season, I couldn't be bothered to watch it. I just Wikipedia what happened. Like when Adam Driver's character stopped acting like a sociopath, I completely lost interest in the show. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It just. There, there's only so much of so much of people behaving that way that you can that you really need to watch. I don't know. Didn't see the last season. Saw the rest. Okay, show. Great band. May they reunite. Cool. We're here in the baths and girls. Number eight. Number eight. Space. I need more remembering things and to take out the 
Suck it. All right, Kane, that was our number eight record. <laughs> Suck it. Okay. <laughs> That's how Kane would say it. Mayor of Knox, not Knoxville, some town in Tennessee. Yeah, right yeah. Now. Former wrestling superstar Kane. Yeah. That's what he would say He's, about pretty, pretty much everything. That's all he really ever said. This is his campaign slogan for whatever town <laughs> he ran for. Mayor of in rural Tennessee, I'm assuming. Yeah. Most of it's rural. I mean, he's, he's not the mayor of, of Nashville. He's Nashville. definitely not. Not the mayor of Chattanooga. Yeah. No way. He's not what the governor. Knoxville? Is that in Tennessee? Yeah. But I don't think he's the mayor of Knoxville. That'd be a bigger deal. Yeah. I think. Well, I mean, who is that wrestler who was the governor of Minnesota? Oh, Jesse the Body. Oh, Jesse the Body. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that right off the bat. (laughs) I knew that. That was a pretty big deal. Okay. Move over, Senator Amy Klobuchar. (laughs) There's another Minnesota politician from 20 years ago. Is he still with us? Does Jesse the Body still walk this earth? I don't know. I can't confirm whether or not he's still among us. All right. Well, we I will be so. back. I think so. We will be back so. uh, in the, during the next break with an update on Jesse the Body Ventura's, we'll, wh- whether whether he is uh, still among us or whether he's Jesse the Dead Body Ventura. I hope he's alive. I hope so, too. I would not wish death on Jesse the Body Ventura. Well, this was a tangent. Yeah, well, we heard our number eight selections for favorite number eight record of the decade that's not what it is it's just our eighth favorite record of the decade we heard future me hates me by the beths which is my number eight we heard the song happy unhappy and we heard heartbreaker by girls off of 2011's broken dreams club moving right along to number seven great songs so what do you have for number seven? What's your seventh favorite album? I picked Ariel Pink's Haunted Graffiti. This is a 2010 album. Starting out the decade the right way with some pure pop perfection, some pure lo-fi pop perfection from Ariel Pink. That was a this, great album. This was another breakout record for Ariel Pink as an artist. He really blossomed with this before that, a lot of home recordings. He was infamous for all of his... Yeah, just famous for being a weirdo. A weirdo, like a pop Brian Wilson type of weirdo, because they're both from Los Angeles type of thing. He's still a weirdo, but this was definitely his his breakthrough. And we're going to hear Round and Round from Before Today. It's a great song. There's other great songs in that record, like Butthouse Blondies. That's a fun one. Yeah, yeah. What's What's up with that song? Yeah. And there's a lot of really good songs on that record. I like Butthouse Blondies, so we're not going to hear that. We're going to hear I think the the title is Butthouse Blondes. Really? Yeah, and then he says Butthouse Blondies. I'm not sure, though. Damn. I'm calling bullshit on that. Check it. Blue, blue, blue. Butthouse Blondies. Blue, blue, blue. Really? Yeah. Wow. And Bright Lit Blue Sky is another good one. Oh, I love that song. That's the song I would have picked if I picked yeah. this album. I like Round and Round, though, because I really like the chorus, the refrain. I, I like the breakdown where he just says breakdown a lot. Yeah. That's great. Merry go round. 
around it's a great we moment. Go. Up and around we go. He's playing uh, Le Poisson Rouge uh, this year, 2020. Oh, yeah? Coming his, up in his a couple albums months. since then have been very good, too. I don't think I've... Pom Pom is yeah, great. Yeah, Pom Pom was great. Before Today is great. And the one from 2017 released on 4AD was also really, really good. And I think it was the record before that that he dropped Haunted Graffiti from it. He just goes by Ariel Pink now. Does he still have the same bass player? Because that bass player is fantastic. He seemed cool. But the the uh, 2017 album is called Dedicated to Bobby Jameson. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And right now he's actually reissuing all of his early collection of recordings and stuff like Lover Boy and Oddities and Sodomies Volume 2. <laughs> all good stuff. Was, was there a Volume 1 or was this yeah. just the thing where... Yeah, there was a Volume 1, I believe. Hard to keep track of sometimes, but yes. I uh, hard to I... keep track of all those oddities and sodomies. Absolutely. Very so enough hard. about Ariel Pink and sodomies. Yeah, what was um, your number seven? My number seven was another real zeitgeist band of indie's big moment at the turn of the last decade, Deer Hunter. This is another 2010 album. It's called Halcyon Digest. I think this is far and away their best album. Um, the song is called Helicopter. I think it's probably Deer Hunter's best song. Um, the, the albums before that were great. The albums afterwards were, were kind of maybe either gimmicky or a little too chill. And it, it, they just never really recaptured the magic of this album, I think. But this is a Stone Cold classic. This song is a Stone Cold classic, too. I feel it when I hear it, man. Yeah, like... If um, if I had to pick, like maybe, just a few songs that demonstrate what the music I like sounds like, this might be one of them. Well, cool. Yeah, so we're taking it back to 2020. We're taking it back to 2010 with our number sevens, Ariel Pink's and Deer Haunted Hunter. Graffiti. And Deer Hunter, Hunter. Halcyon Digest. It's always the same, as always, said in time to time.
Hell yeah, Round and Round by Ariel Pink's Haunted Graffiti from before today. Hell yeah. It was released before today. That's been true every day since it was released. Yeah, but what about before it was released, man? Then no one would be talking about it yet. Shit. Yeah. It's so weird. I don't want to live in that world again. No. No. You you know what it's like. Actually, yeah, never mind. So, so yeah, we we heard Ariel Pink and we heard Deer Hunter uh, Helicopter from their 2010 album Halcyon Digest. We're talking about how every song that's named Chinatown is a really good song. Yeah. There are at least Every three song of them. that's helicopter is a really good song too, and I could think of at least three. All right, do tell. Helicopter by Deer Hunter. Just heard it. Great. Helicopter by XTC. Another great song. Helicopter by Block Party. That's a good song. I hoping for a miracle. Damn, three for three. Yeah. I kind of spoiled the next pick. Why don't you go right ahead because it's a song. Well, we're not going to hear the song, Chinatown. But this artist also wrote a song called Chinatown that's on that album. So you you go first this time. Okay. You go first. Oh, you flatter. I'm always going first. You go first. All right. So my next pick from my sixth favorite album of the decade is by Destroyer. It's called Kaput. And I'm going with the title track. Which is called Kaput. Yeah, that's indeed what title track means, man. Yeah. And there's a song on that record called Chinatown. Yeah, there is. It's a great song. Jets so, to Brazil also has a song called Chinatown, which is really good. Yeah, and Wild Nothing also has a song called Chinatown that may be their best song. Yeah. So, you know how, like, when you listen to an album, um, you're reminded of a certain time or a certain place? No. Fuck tell you. Me, yes, you tell do. Tell me how. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about that. So this one I listened to a lot when I was in um, I was in New Orleans for work and I was staying in a shitty Airbnb and there was no stereo or anything. So I put my phone in a tin trash can for amplification and listened to this album over and over again. So you're so, the guy who invented that. No, well, maybe. Maybe no one did that before I did, but I doubt it. But when I, when I listen to this album, I think of it um, as heard through a tin trash can at a New Orleans Airbnb. Have you written to Destroyer and suggested, hey, have you ever thought of re-recording this album through aluminum? Why would I, I do that when I could just put my phone in a trash can and play this and then put another phone with the recording app also in the trash can? So, yeah. So you're going to release Kaput <laughs> Trash Can Edition? <laughs> yes. Aluminum Trash Can yeah. Edition? Tin Trash Can. Or maybe it was aluminum. I guess I'll have to experiment. Probably I'll aluminum. To- I'm going to say it's probably, maybe. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll have to experiment with trash cans of different makes. To what see kind which of hotel? Airbnb- well, it wasn't a hotel. It was an Airbnb. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was uh, one of those like shotgun New Orleans shacks. Yeah, the the, the yeah. building itself was, was nice. It's one of those one-floor buildings? Yeah, there was just like not really anything in there. There was like a bed, and it's pretty much in a trash can. Work with what you got. Awesome. What's your number six? Light Up Gold, 2013 record by Parquet Quartz, song called Stoned and Starving. I really liked Parquet Quartz, their early 
releases really remind me of like Wire and The Fall, late 70s, <laughs> 80s, yeah. post-punk with an attitude. Yeah, I, I like this album. Um, I, I think Wide Awake is my favorite Parquet Chords, but I like this album a lot too. Yeah, their sound has definitely evolved a lot since then, but I remember when this came out, it really grabbed me by the shirt and said, <laughs> Tom, listen to me. And then I kept listening to it. And also like the Ridgewood Queens reference. I've been stoned and starving in Ridgewood Queens before. Remember the first look at my records uh, live show? I think that was in Ridge, Ridgewood Queens. Yeah, the Footlight. Yeah. Shout out to Laura Regan, owner of the Footlight. She's wonderful. That, that was a lot of fun. You should do that again there. I was starving. I was not stoned at that show, though. I'm sure other people were, though. Yeah, um, I, I was not um, I was not starving because um, the, the studio audience, Ross and I, we went to a bar beforehand, and I believe I got a food burger. Oh, wow. Was there cheese on it? I don't know. Lettuce, tomato? Was it just Delicious. It's just food, all right? Something edible? So it's a food burger, all right? Yeah, you're right. All right. Say, I can't believe the decade's over, and we're listening to Destroyer and Parquet
toga and to the folk you are a prince on the ocean In a pinch, in the sky, in your eyes Step out of your toga and into the ocean Look, they got your prince on the fall In a pinch, in the sky, in your eyes
think you know what that means. <laughs> I think you know what that means, Zach. Ross is here with the cowbell. <laughs> good old cowbell Ross is here. The beautiful. He's good with the cowbell. He knows how to Where'd use Where'd you it? get that cowbell from? We're the first time at Zach's apartment. It's got an electronic drum set, an Ernie Ball bass, and a cowbell. Yeah, Amongst I guess other great items. We, we haven't brought up that we're not recording in the Look at My Records studio. The, the Look at My Records traveling show has showed up at my apartment. Yeah, they just keep getting more and more shit. Yeah, that's, um, the, the cowbell is, uh, I actually got that from an accordion player in a band I was in like four years ago. Is it John Linnell from They Might Be Giants? No. <laughs> that would make it a cooler story. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know if he expected it back or not, but he's not getting it back now. Oh, uh, all right. Sorry, they might be giants. <laughs> Sorry You're about... You're not getting your cowbell Sorry back. You'll have to purchase another one. My cowbell. So, so right. Jinx! So, we just heard uh, Kaput, both the album and the track from... The 2011 Destroyer record. And what else did we just hear, Thomas? Stoned and Starving by Parquet Courts from 2013 record Light Up Gold. Cool. I really also like Careers in Combat from that record. Light Up Gold, the title track, is also really good. Is that the one that goes, I was so, Careers in Combat. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) all, All of them sound like that on that album. Great. Do any of these songs feature cowbell? I don't know. I don't. Prob- it's possible. I just don't really know. Maybe I, the Feelies one does because of Dave Weckerman. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh my god. There's gonna be a Feelies record. Oh, you blew it. Nah. It's all over now. Well, they don't know when or which one. That's true. There's two options. <laughs> no, it's more more than two options, man. We still have five to go. Two Feelies records. Oh, oh, okay. Which one is on Thomas's list? Where is it? Is it both of them? It's not right now. So why don't you go first again? All right. You know. All right. Do okay. it. Go. Calm down. Jesus okay, Christ. Fine. All right. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> My number five record is from a 2013 collaboration from Sun Kill Moon's Mark Kozilek and the album Leaf's Jimmy Laval. Um, the album is called Perils from the Sea. It's a really cool album. Um, it's Mark Kozilek's vocals backed up by mainly electronic music from um, Jimmy Laval. And if you think back on um, Mr. Kozilek's trajectory over the last decade uh this landed in 2013 right before he really went to shit at at least at least in my opinion you think he got bad oh yeah he's gotten terrible he now now he just like he, he he strums his guitar and talks about like what he ate for lunch and what his fart smelled like afterwards and and that that's a song for him now (laughs) but uh so you're yeah. saying his current output is not as good as Red House Painters? No, no. It's not nearly as good as Red House Painters. It's not as good as Sun Kill Moon. Uh, but this album caught him 
right at that transition between like singing and this weird talk shit that he does now. Uh, and it's storytelling over this electronic music. And I think it works beautifully. Uh, this song is called Gustavo. It tells a story about the guy that built his house. It's kind of inane, but um, not to the degree that his later stuff is. Yeah, and um, I think this is probably the album I listened to most over the last decade. Uh, not necessarily the album I listened to most in any given year, but I've returned to it every every year since it came out. So his storytelling style was always very straightforward. I remember listening to Benji a lot. And you know, like Ben's my friend about Ben Gibbard. Yeah, that, that came out. About, that came out uh, after we met this, at though, in dude. Seattle, blah, blah. I know. So, like, he got even worse because I, I don't think I really listened to anything after Benji. <laughs> or he just stopped trying. Well, now he comes out with an album every six months or so and they all suck. But this one's great. This is my fifth favorite album of the decade. Wow. Well, that's good job, Mark. And, and uh, great job on the early part of your career in which you made some of my favorite music, not only of the decade, but ever, but I suck now. I did really like the War on Drugs Suck My Cock song, though. Remember that one? Fart Noise. You remember that one? Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny as hell. That's <laughs> all right. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, 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 what's your number five? twerps range anxiety oh yeah sadly this was the last record that this uh, melbourne australia based band would put out really did they by martin frawley are are, are they not a band anymore no see what happened was martin frawley and the bass player of this band her name is julia mcfarlane didn't know this they were in a relationship and then they broke up and now the band and no the more. band broke up oh, man. they actually both put out pretty good solo albums this year by the way martin frawley put out a great solo record this year called undone at 31 and julia mcfarland put out a record under the name jay mcfarland's reality guest called Tada. <laughs> but we're not talking about that we're talking about Range Anxiety by Twerps. Big record for them is released on Merge Records here in the United States. So kind of a breakthrough album for them. Tom, and did this um, usher in your kind of hyper-awareness of what's going on down there? Was this the, it the was first... before, before this still, because I, I really liked Twerps before this. Okay. Same thing with... Yeah, because I know you're really into the, all these Australian... Related bands, bands, Dick Diver, The Stevens, all based in Melbourne. That's how you say it in Australian. In <laughs> Melbourne. I was, was, was going to ask. Twerps put out all their stuff on Chapter Music before this, and this was released on Merge. It's a great album. Know. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really great record. They really hone in on that classic Flying Nun Records New Zealand sound. Yeah, it's, it's a something fantastic in the water record. down under there. 
Yeah, you you told me about this back in the day, and I, I listened to it a lot that year. I saw them live right after this came out at Rough Trade. Do you remember the band Ultimate Painting? Yeah, I do. They played with them as well. They opened for Yola Tango in Central Park when we saw them. It was yes, maybe twenty seventeen. It was wonderful. Yeah, that's it was really a, there's a great picture of us at that show that I just <laughs> yeah. shared on Instagram. Everyone, you could check it out. And yeah, when we we were younger, spryer, very, very much sprightly, or we were very very spry. If you want to see us at our spryest, that's when I was at my height of sprite. <laughs> height of sprite. <laughs> the height of sprite. <laughs> but um, yeah, and a, a local Brooklyn-based band with a, a similar. Very pleasant sounding they, band. They, they, they broke Pale up. Lights opened the show. Yeah, Ultimate Painting did break up. In, in, in acrimony. They were from uh, UK though. Oh, okay. Not Australia. All right. So let's play these. Let's listen to them. Enough rambling on. <laughs> you know, let's play them. We're hearing. We're hearing anxiety by twerps, and we're hearing. Uh, well, you're going first. Okay, yeah, that's, let's I guess just that's, reset this. Okay, so we are hearing Gustavo off "Perils from the Sea" from uh, Mark Kozalek and Jimmy Laval, and we are hearing from "Range Anxiety by Twerps." New moves it was released in 2015 great song it is Walking in the town, browsing the windows 
said fuck Cause I was tired and my money was tired And they just laughed and said alright And on the way back they got stopped By a redneck sunny side highway cop Gustavo was drunk and had an ounce of pie And spent the night on a jailhouse cop They deported him back to Mexico He called me collect from a Tijuana pig Asking man, could you wire me money? $2,500 for a border coyote He needed work and he missed his family But I hung up and I said I'm sorry Tom. My girlfriend asked, did I heard from that guy from Mexico? 
are back. Coming to the end of this episode, and not really. We're, we're getting like, close. We're like 60% of the way done. We still have 40% left. It's almost done. It's more than halfway done. <laughs> that is true. Going. So we, we just heard um, Gustavo from uh, Off Perils from the Sea from Mark Kozilek and Jimmy Laval, 2013 album, as well as... New Moves by Twerps off of their 2015 album, Range Anxiety. Sadly, it was their last as Twerps. Maybe they'll get back together someday. Maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. Maybe they will. New Zealand's a small place. They're from Australia, though, dude. That's a bigger place. It's a really big place. That, that doesn't that doesn't negate the fact that New Zealand's a, so, a small place. I was just uh, making a, a non sequitur there. Yeah. Okay. You saved yourself <laughs> this time, Romano. All right. What you got next? See you first this time. So we're taking a flight from Melbourne, Australia. To Vancouver, British Columbia. It's a long flight. Not as long as it could be from here to Australia. Yeah, but I mean, still, it's a long flight, though. How long do you think it is? 18, 19 hours. Seriously? Damn. I I flew from uh, Los Angeles to New Zealand this year, and it took fucking forever. How long does it take? It felt like an eternity. I forget how long it was exactly. So the bulk of the trip. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. All right. The Courtney's from their record two, which was released in 2017 on Flying Nun Records. Oh, all these the nuns. New Zealand record label that famously put out bands like The Chills, The Clean, Sneaky Feelings, Sneaky Feelings, and now The Courtney's, a wonderful, wonderful trio from Vancouver who. Really impressed me with this record. It's a good record. You've seen them, right? Yeah. They're very good live. The vocalist is also the drummer. Nice. Nice. And vocalist playing that cowbell in the background. (laughs) This record, again, very appropriately released on Flying Nun, since it really fits within that niche sound niche sound however you say that word yeah i I think i think it's niche maybe maybe not yeah i mean i it it totally does like the kind of um i don't want to say like whimsical vocals but like the vocals that are like I, i don't know where i'm going with this but with the driving beat with vocals that don't necessarily feel like they'd fit with that but still do yeah and jangly guitars yeah and jangly guitars very jangly guitars that's the signature that's what the flying nun played huh jangly (laughs) you're a jangly guy zach all right (laughs) (laughs) all right what you got um what you got for us what what year what year was was that 2017 cool cool my uh, pick for number four is a 2016 album, so we're moving uh, kind of in the middle of the decade here. Mm. It's from uh, the Hotelier or the Hotelier. I'm not really sure how they pronounce it, but the album is called Goodness, and the song is called Piano Player. This is their third proper album. 
And it's the one where they kind of move beyond their fourth wave emo yeah. roots into something a bit warmer. And um, I, I think more fully realized. I, I love their previous stuff, but this one really stood out for me. Uh, it was my favorite record of 2016 and one of my most listened to records over the past 10 years. Um, a really good thing about doing a decade podcast is you can really track a band's trajectory and talk about where you think they, they really hit it, you know? Yeah. When did the Hotelier become less emo? With, with, with them? Well, I, I mean, like their, their album... Um, Are the, they still emo? Well, it's... They, they, they have a, a, a tinge of that for sure. Yeah, definitely. But they released an album in, like, I think, 2012, and I forget what it was called. It was a very just like kind of like cookie-cutter emo record. And then um, they released an album in, I think, 2013 or 14 called Home Like No Place Is There, which was an emo record for sure, but it was very complex and um, a, 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 great, a great record. And then th- this one... I, I'd still say that they're a, a fourth wave emo band. Interesting, but it's the the record. If you just heard this one without the context of their previous records, maybe you'd say something different. Very well said. Very well <laughs> said. These are the types of questions we're going to be asking of uh, bands in the next decade too. Yeah, bands like the Hotelier. Maybe you'll get bands them like on Joyce the Manor. Yeah, yeah. Bands like Oso Oso, are you still emo? And they'll probably get annoyed by that question. And I, say, I, I don't like well, labels, we don't like man. That term. I don't like, I don't like labels. I'm, I'm just making the music I, I, I feel, man. I don't see why you have to pigeonhole me like that. Yeah, we're emo though. You fucking pigeonholing son of a bitch. All right, let's uh, let's play this. Let's play the <laughs> yeah, let's songs. Listen to these songs. <laughs> <laughs> really thoughtful discussion about emo, but we're gonna play the Courtney's from Vancouver, BC, along with Nardwar uh, from Vancouver, British Columbia. Twenty-five by the Courtney's off of two, and piano player by the Hotelier off of, of Goodness, Western Massachusetts, I think, like Amherst. I don't know. You'd think they'd have that Dinosaur Jr. influence then, dude. (laughs) They don't, though. They don't really. They need more Marshall Stacks. 2020, that's what (laughs) you gotta do. Hotelier, bigger fucking amps. Bigger amps.
Zach is here. What's up? Actually, you still here? You still I, I with think us? It's more like Tom is here, considering that we're recording in my house. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for welcoming welcoming me with open arms. My pleasure, dude. You fed me, gave me beer, told me about your baseball bobbleheads. You have a great Don Newcomb. Brooklyn Dodgers bobblehead. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's not a bobblehead that everybody has. Yeah, it would go really nicely with my Gil Hodges Brooklyn Dodgers bobblehead. The, the next time you come over here... We'll um, have to have them meet yeah, each bring, other. Bring Gil. I'll bring him over. I'll bring over Gil, who actually probably lived pretty close to here. Actually, you're like in Brooklyn Dodgers territory. Yeah, man. Ebbets Field was not far from here in Flatbush. Well, next time, next time, bring Gil so he can relive his old, his old glories. Yeah. Okay. Enough about this stupid, <laughs> stupid ass shit that I'm talking about. <laughs> what we hear? We just heard "Piano Player" from Goodness, that 2016 album from the Hotelier or Hotelier, whichever. Let's go you with prefer. Hotelier. That sounds better. Yeah, it does. All right. What did you just play? We played 25 by the Courtney's off of two. Cool. And let's keep going. Yeah, let's do it. You go first again. I mean, if you're twisting my arm, man, I guess I have to. Yeah, I'm twisting it. <laughs> off right. screen, everyone. Wow. Ah! Go! Go! Chill out. So my, num- <laughs> my number three album of the decade was um, called Relatives in Descent. It's a 2017 album from Proto-Martyr. Proto-Martyr, I loved the three albums they put out this decade. Um, I guess four, maybe. I don't know whether the first one was this decade or last. But um, this one was the one I probably listened to the most, though um, it was it a was tough call between this one and The Agent Intellect. I think they're my favorite band to see live. Um, and I just cannot get enough of them. This song is called Male Plague. Great stage presence this band has. Oh, it's it's a weird group, but it works, but it's a weird group. In the classic tradition of other great Detroit bands like the MC5 and the Stooges. Yeah, the front man, there's a great Tumblr about what he looks like. I I can't think of his name right now, but... um, so some somebody described the band as um, a, a, a drunk college professor who's the, the singer, his TA who's the drummer, and the guitarist and bassist are both like lazy half-ass students. I, I think that's pretty pretty accurate. Pretty spot on. I love their whole aura. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, another way you could describe him would be kind of a ranting lunatic. But it, it it really works. It's charming. It's they're a wonderful band. They're very charming. I was charmed when I first discovered them. I love his voice. Yeah, it, it's it, it's like a street ranter with with a like incredibly tight post punk band backing him up. It's good stuff. How they came together, I really want to know. I don't really know their story, but how that happened is. I, I read it, and I forget exactly what it was, but I think they just, like, the the three band members that aren't the singer just, like, 
met him in a bar and he just like wouldn't disappear and eventually they started a band how'd they know he could sing this really unique style of singing um, it is unique and weird sound i mean band. honestly if i it defines their sound really. oh for sure but if um if, if i met him in a bar and he was really um animatedly talking at me about something i think it wouldn't sound that different than what his singing on these songs are interesting i'm gonna have to youtube him so i could hear his speaking voice i don't know what his speaking voice well i guess i probably have heard him talk because he does talk between songs sometimes yeah i i would describe him as a cross between matt berninger from the national and kevin from the office nice Maybe they could get Kevin to front the band if he would <laughs> if he would quit Scrantonicity. <laughs> His police cover band. That's yes. Oh, I Remember forgot that? about that. Scrantonicity. Yeah. That oh, was that's a, a deep great, cut. Yeah. That's a deep cut. All right. All right. What do you got? Wake by this great Los Angeles-based band Triptides off of their 2015 album Azure. I. I heard this band. This is the first ever song I heard by this band. It was immediately hooked. Zach, we had the great pleasure of seeing them earlier this year we at did. Baby's it was a Hall, great right? Show. Great I was show. really pleased because their touring schedule is pretty hectic. They somehow don't really come to the East Coast that much, though. They tour a lot in Europe and the West Coast hmm. where people Interesting. Ap- appreciate good. Um, psychedelic pop music like Triptides play. So I was really happy that they came to New York. Yeah, that was a fun show, and the, the opener was good, too. Floral. Floral. And Smock. One member is from Verona, New Jersey. Another member is from Cedar Grove, New Jersey. They all live in Brooklyn now, but they were the opener opener. But they posted the wrong time on Facebook. Yeah, that's why I showed them. up late. Sorry, Cameron. We love you. <laughs> and Zach, we love you. But... Triptide's pretty prolific. They basically put out a record every year. They did a cool collaboration with uh, another LA-based artist called Winter, and they're really good. I made sure to tell them to come back to New York soon when we saw them. Well, And I also told them this was one of my favorite records of the decade. So I'm sticking to it. Nice. And when they do come back, we will be there. Yeah. Maybe we'll hang out with them. Maybe. You should have them on your podcast. What podcast? This podcast, you ding dong. You big idiot. Let's let's play Proto Martyr and Trip Tides, two very different sounding bands. Oh, for sure. Coming in at numero three. Get it on 
back. Yep. Male Plague, Proto Martyr, Relatives in Descent. This is their most recent record, right? Yeah, it is their most recent record. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, the the last three, and and I haven't listened to the one that was just reissued all, all that much, but. All, all four of them are excellent, but I think the last one, the 2017 album, Relatives in Descent, is the one I've listened to the most. So, interesting thing about Protomartyr, too, is all their stuff is released on Hardly Art, I believe. The subset, subsidiary, sub-pop, subsidiary. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. And they kind of don't really fit in on that label. Who else is on that label? Chastity Belt. La, 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 la. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. I mean, every label's got to branch out. And Bursting. Get, uh... That's good, though. That's what I like to see. That's what I like to see. <laughs> That's what I like to see, you know. Studio audience chiming in there. Well, we heard Proto Martyr, Male Plague from Relatives in Descent. What and else Wake, did we just hear? Wake by Triptides off of Azure, released in 2015. Oh, my God. That album. I so love it. You know what that means? Top two coming up. Top two. Each of our top two records of the decade. Yeah. Why don't you go first again? Since right. it's been going so well with you going first. All right. I guess let's let's not break this trend here. So, Take the reins, Zach. Dude, your, your podcast, your rules. If you, if you want me to go first, I will gladly. So my second favorite album uh, of the, the last 10 years, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's it's pretty, a big deal, people. It's big. As, as could Joe have been Biden number one, say, but it's not number it's one. That's the other deal. thing, too. That's the other thing. It could have been number one. But, but it's it not. Ain't. It it's ain't. not number one. But there's no shame in being number two. Especially all of the albums that were made in the last 10 years. Yeah, that's like thousands of albums. It's your second favorite out of all those records. Out of all those thousands of records. And it is Slow Dive. By Slow Dive. Their comeback wow. album. Yeah, first record in, you know, almost two decades. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, more Actually, more, more than, than two, two decades. decades, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when did Pygmalion come out? That was like 93 or 94? Yeah. And this was, what, 2017? Yeah, 2017. Yeah. It well, was, we're glad they're back. They yeah. haven't lost a step. I, I loved their early stuff. I was like, this is what got me into shoegaze. I was really into that in, in college and beyond. But I think this is better than anything they did previously. And I'm saying that as someone who really loves the stuff they did previously. It's um, They've all been in music or so, in some capacity for the last 20 years. And they came back and took all of that experience and uh, put it into making a really beautiful album. Interesting. Some similarities between our number twos. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Some and, and similarities. What, uh, please expound further. They were both broken up for a period of time. They reunited. And some would say, put out their best record ever. It took them two tries, though, for them to put out a record <laughs> that is considered their best record. Really? Is of that reunion it? records. But their first record that they put out in 2011 is, is really it, good, too. Is, is this record... Well, I, I don't want to spoil who it is, but is it critically... Is the critical consensus that it's better than their early material? 
Um, I don't know. A lot of people are familiar with their very first record. Yeah, that's the one I know. Which is really good for time and place, I'd say. I think they really went on to develop and expand on their sound. But people really remember the first record, Crazy Rhythms, very Um, fondly. Yeah, and now, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who the band is. Sophilis. Sophilis. Their 2017 album, In Between. It's interesting because their 2011 album was more of a upbeat, kind of, a lot of the songs were fast and loud type of thing. I, I Upper, like that album up-tempo. a lot, though. And this record, I also really like that album course, a lot. Of course. This record little slowed down a little bit more acoustic guitars used very autumnal sounding nice fall music autumn but yeah they broke up for a while and got back together yeah yeah that's kind of funny we have had some we have had some uh some parallels on our our picks here kind of cool and yeah they're still going strong yeah you you saw them recently right yeah I mean, White, I, I White Eagle Hall. If, if any time in the last five years I could walk up to you and say, you've seen the Feelies recently, right? And yeah. You'd, you'd say. And then before that, a rough trade. Yeah. In the spring. <laughs> nice. We saw them last year, that Velvet Underground cover show. Yeah, that was great. That was amazing. That was so good. Glenn Mercer really channeled Lou Reed. I feel like he was nicer than Lou Reed, though. Well, that's not too hard to do. (laughs) (laughs) Famous asshole, Lou Reed. I do miss Lou Reed, though, even though he's a famous asshole. (laughs) I would have loved it if Lou Reed berated me in real life. I'd be so honored. (laughs) (laughs) Little uh, masochistic streak for uh, Thomas, Thomas Gallo. Yeah. So, we've got Everyone Knows by Slow Dive. Off of their 2017 self-titled album. It's really tough to pick which track. They're all great. And from the Feelies 2017 album, In Between, Time Will Tell. Coming back, we'll hear our number ones. Our favorite albums of the decade.
second favorite albums of the decade really hit me hard playing those songs 
Made, made a nice boink noise when it hit you like that, huh? Everyone knows by slow dive off of slow dive, time will tell by the feelies off of in between. Great albums. Coming up on number ones. Wow. Coming up on number one. So, you want me to go first again? Yeah, tell so me. I'll close out with yours. Mine is from one of at least my defining bands of the decade. Um, no longer a band, unfortunately. Uh, the album is 2014's Lose by Symbols Eat Guitars. I saw them right after this record came out, the week it came out. Yeah. They played at Babies All Right, and it was amazing. They were so good live, and we, we have a, a bit of a personal connection to this. We've seen them live. Well, I mean, not only did we see them live, we saw them play their last their last show. show, their unannounced last show. About, it could be a year ago today. Yeah, and... Uh, Shit! Shit! It was, it was a year ago today! So with Ross, who's also here! No, it was the Wrens, the guy from the Wrens, Bissell, and... Yeah, yeah, Charles. Symbols eat guitar, and it was the day before New Year's Eve, or two days before New Year's oh, Eve. Shit. Or was it two years ago? I think it was two years ago. Oh, crap. Time is going slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was a great show, um... Like, if, if you listen to uh, Joe D'Agostino, the uh, songwriter and singer from Symbol Z Guitars, he will, if you listen to him for more than 10 minutes, he'll talk about the influence of the Wrens on his band. And the song, well, one of the songwriters from the Wrens, they brought him out for that show and played some classic Wrens songs. Uh, and the Wrens, the Meadowlands, would be a strong contender for my number one album of the aughts. Yeah, so, it's a really good record. They yeah. did a great rendition of This Boy is Exhausted. I remember being really into it. We, we were pumped. We were, we were also, like, kind of fucked up. We were, uh, yeah, we were. <laughs> we were definitely effed up that <laughs> yeah, night. We were, Very uh, memorably effed up. Yeah. Uh, and it was fun. It, it, was, it was a great show. I mean, it was a great way to un, unknowingly see them off, but... Yeah, th- this band I followed closely for since their their first album, which I think came out in 2010 or 2011. 2009. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, because we, we were still in college. And uh, he is exactly my age, and so he's always singing about stuff that seems relevant to me. At Very relevant. That point in, in time. And th- this album in particular really struck me, because it's a real, it's, it's a real, like, mid-20s growing up album. It's about, like... What do you do with your your memories and formative experiences? Like, what do you do with the places that meant a lot to you if they're not the same anymore, they don't exist anymore? Like, what do you do with all that stuff? Um, th- this, this particular song is called Jackson. It is the lead track for the album. But the, the other tracks are so good that I sometimes forget that this track is even on there. But I think it's the defining track for the album. I think it's about a, a friend that he lost, right? Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the album is about that, yeah. Powerful stuff. We love you, Symbols Eat Guitars. Yeah. We'll miss you, but we're looking forward to Joe D'Agostino's solo record, which will be out sometime in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Under the name Empty Country. Yeah, I've listened to the first couple of singles. They're real good can't wait yeah and my number, number one, one from toronto canada 
place near and dear to you? Always. With their debut self-titled album called Always. <laughs> I really love the first track on this album, Adult Diversion. Really gets things going. And again, on the record, they deal with a lot of the same growing pains, I like to call it. Growing up in your 20s. Yep. Those experiences that you have. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. And we saw them one time, and apparently this song... We did see them. I can't remember if it's this song or another song is about Molly Rackin getting arrested or something by a cop, and then she had to do community service. And then I yelled, fuck cops, right? Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. (laughs) This woman got really mad at me, and I was like, I don't care if your dad's a cop in Suffolk County or whatever. (laughs) A a great moment in in Tom Gallo history. Yeah, that was fun. That's right up there with Sounds Like a Corn Song, but that's another story. That's another story. But... So that was fun. I've seen them a couple of times this decade. They're always fun to see live. Did Snail Mail open for them when we saw them? Yes. Thought the so. answer is yes. The answer is it yes. It was at Warsaw. Yeah. I went both nights. Well, there was two, three nights I went to. Yeah, and they had different I openers, I think. Yeah, and then Seppos and Emma came too, and Pooja. Yeah. Yeah. Great great lineup of folks to see. A great lineup of bands. And I remember I want to thank our friend Alex Fishbane for telling me about this band via um text. He Shout texted out to me Fishbane. And he said you should listen to this band. And then I did. And I liked it a lot. And now so much so that it was my favorite record your of favorite the decade. Favorite record of the decade. Yeah. A lot of fun songs on this record. It took them a while to put out their second record. Which was also really good. Yeah, that was really good. I think that was on that was on one of your your lists over the past couple yeah, of years, right? For twenty seventeen. Yeah. But this was the debut was my favorite. Let's Great just, album. You know. Let's just give it to everyone straight. All right. The debut was my favorite. <laughs> the second one is called Anti Socialites and it's also really good. But this one was my favorite. Yeah. All right, so it was a great decade. What do you yeah. expect to happen over the course of the next 10 years, I don't Zach? even want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, we, we went from a, a period where, in like 2010, 2011, the type of music that I like was being very highly valued. Um, and now we're at a point where the music that is the top of the charts and the critics lists is music that I'm not quite as much of a fan of. I don't know. It um, was, it's interesting because it was never top of the charts. Well, yeah, we liked, well, you, you but know it was what I mean, critical, but it had a moment, no, critical, it had a moment. but crit- the bands we like were the critics darlings. Yeah. And, and, like and our, our tastes haven't changed since then. Maybe we're just getting older. Yeah, maybe we're, we're, we're those we're those guys now, and into the next decade wrap up, we're going to be crotchety and miserable as shit, talking about our like little balkanized corner of the music sphere where they're making. The good thing though is there are still young people making guitar music. Yeah, there's a lot of really good young. Oh, people for sure, and we we see them all the time. Music. I know we were talking about Faye Webster 
she's only like 21 years yeah, isn't old. That crazy? She put out a really good record. Yeah, I mean, that might have been on my top 10 of 2019 if I found it before last week. And Lindsay Jordan from Snail Mail. Yeah, she's, she's like She's only going to get better. She's 15. She's like 12. <laughs> she's nine. <laughs> she's nine years she's old. She's nine years old. So that's the comfort I do take in oh, yeah. when I get... Yeah, there will always about, be stuff to listen to, and pissed, if anyone else likes it, who gives a pissed shit? Pissed about the Lana Del Rey Sublime cover song. That's you. Want, you want to go there again? No, we already covered it. Okay. All right, everyone. All we're right. Well, it's you been off. a good decade. Yeah. Music wise, not as much anything <laughs> I mean, else. Just this about is a music, music podcast. It's been a good decade, music wise. I think we can safely say that. All right. Adult Diversion by Always off of Always. And Jackson off Lose by Symbol Z Guitars. We'll see Happy you New Year. in 2029 for the next edition of the Best of the Decade podcast. And make sure episode. to listen to the uh, 400 plus Look at My Records podcast that will be out between now and then. Yes, I'm expecting a book report on them. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>